Hey, Edith. Huh? Hi, Christy. You know, I used to be terrified of gardening. Oh? Then I grew a pear. Oh, I get it. <laughs> then I grew a pear. Then you grew a pear, like the fruit. Then I grew a pear. Or, and that. Ornamental <laughs> balls. Good one. Call back. <laughs> Hi, I'm Christy. And I'm Edith. We're backyard gardeners from Colorado. And neighbors. And friends. These days, gardening has gotten very popular. And we've noticed more and more people picking our brains for tips and troubleshooting about gardening. We're not experts. We just learned a lot about gardening from the mistakes we made along the way. So welcome to Upside Down Tulips. A fun podcast that celebrates gardening gone wrong. Upside Down. Everybody. Hi. Welcome to episode 27. 27. Look at you, Christy, the 27th episode. We're still here. Yes, and not only that, but we hit a bit milestone this week. This is so exciting. We hit 5,000 downloads. That's huge. That is, I, yeah. In just like six and a half months. Really exciting. Really, yeah. really exciting. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Thank you so much. And uh, people are buying merch here and there. Yes. So you want to get a a t-shirt or a coffee mug or a garden tote or a journal just go to our website we also we partner with t public so you can go to their website Mm -hmm. too and if you get our newsletter you can find out more about our merch there too yes yes and our newsletter is really designed to make you chuckle which we which i think we all need these days so um also we have a a patron club so are there any curmudgeons out there or Lettuce, lettuce people. <laughs> Launcher lettuce. That's it. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've had a long day, Chris. I know. I'm giving long. you a hug from six feet away. Oh, thank you. Or um, deadheaders, attic tomatoes, or mother or father natures out there. We appreciate you guys from the ground up. The ground is the curmudgeons. You are valuable to us. Two bucks a month. Two bucks a month. All the way up to... Uh, $5 a month, $10 a month, $25 a month, whatever uh-huh. you want to do. Whatever you want to do. And you get fun rewards. You you sure do. Plus, you know, if you are a curmudgeon, Christy and I promise to buy a cup of coffee and share it once a <laughs> Two month. Two bucks. <laughs> right. That's a cheap yes. cup of coffee. Oh, wow. That is a cheap cup of coffee. Well, okay, we'll do it every other month. How's that? Right, yes, exactly. Okay, okay good. <laughs> good, good. But we appreciate it. It helps support the podcast. Helps us pay for things like hosting and um, our, our equipment and things like that. Help us keep doing it for free. So thanks for sponsoring us. We want to keep doing it. We want to do seed starting next week. That's right. Next week's topic, seed starting. So we're getting close to garden time, folks, and we are trying to catch you up. These these last few weeks have all been about if you have never gardened, we're trying to take it step by step by step. Gardening is getting huge. And and it and it's just a really good thing, you yeah. know? Today when I was so frustrated with insurance and all that busy work, all I wanted to do is go out in the garden and it was freezing mm. cold, everything is frozen so I couldn't. Oh well. Disappointing, huh? Oh well. Yeah, I was dealing with unemployment. That's not fun either. No, that's not fun at all. <laughs> well, Christy, let's talk about your garden then. How's, what's your, how's your garden doing? Well, I wish I could have gotten out a little bit because 
Yesterday, of course, it was 61 degrees. Oh, it was incredible. Beautiful out, but Mm -hmm. I can't get out at all because I sprained my dang ankle last week, which is just incredibly annoying. So even if the temperature does get out a little bit to do some spring cleanup, I can't get out there. Well, if if it makes you feel better, it's supposed to stay in the 40s and 30s for the next, like, seven days. Oh, good, 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 good. Yeah. I did get a very nice birthday present from my handsome and handy husband, though. What did you get? He got me a rain barrel. Isn't that a nice gift? that's really nice. So I'm excited to take that and then that rain barrel kit you got me last Mm -hmm. summer Mm -hmm. and put that together so then I will have two rain barrels because we are already right now in Colorado, we're at 74% of normal snow and water. I just think it's going to be a dry spring. We have Mm -hmm. had no rain and no snow folks here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad. I'm really glad. That's a great gift for a gardener. My gosh, that's a great gift. From and, your handsome and, hus- and and hubby, handsome and... I'll stop talking. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, it's interesting how you're talking about, you know, the need to go out there and garden, because I read this very interesting article. I have a garden musing, Edith. Okay. Was that, according to a survey by Global Data... Gardening was listed as the second most popular lockdown activity people plan to do after watching TV. Oh, do you know, Christy, I really hope they don't stop. If if the pandemic is over, I hope people don't go back to normal. The first timers. Well, you will find this interesting because another survey by the garden charity Thrive said that 43% of people agreed with the statement that gardening helps my mental health, while 36% agreed that gardening keeps me fit and healthy, and that 20 million novice growers started gardening Wow! during the pandemic. And this part is according to the CEO of Bonnie Plants, Mike Sutterer. So there were 42 million gardeners in the United mm-hmm. States. Now there are 63 million and 80% of those new gardeners say they plan to continue to garden in 2021. Oh, good. Oh, I'm, I really hope they stick to it. Isn't that great? How can they not? Yeah. Yeah. And I thought you'd find this interesting, Edith, that the the largest category of new gardeners are males under 35. Wow. That is interesting and very unexpected as well. Not just a bunch of old ladies like us yeah that's (laughs) wonderful oh that's good that's really good um and then the top trends in um of these new growers is well one they want to grow their own food that's why people Mm -hmm. are gardening Mm -hmm. two people want to create an outdoor space Mm -hmm. a second living room an outdoor living room which makes sense for the pandemic because you can be outside and next to people yep and then the number three is that well people are also getting a lot of houseplants and unusual houseplants has become a really big hobby. Nice. That's a good hobby. Yeah. I thought yeah. that was kind of cool. So that was kind of my interesting gardening musing and tidbit for the week. Well, I have I have a tidbit that made me extremely angry. Do you remember how mad I got about the cancer-causing tools? Yes. This one's worse. Uh-oh. So I saw this on the news, and then I Googled it, and it's true. Um, a new congressional subcommittee investigation found the presence of metals in baby food. Dangerous levels of, listen to this, toxic heavy metals, including arsenic, lead, cadmium, and mercury. Where was this? 
It's all over the news. It's yeah, in no, baby food. What, like in the United States? Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Just in the United States. Listen to this. Um, and, of course, doctors and researchers say it lowers IQ. It, it mm. gives you problems in school, criminal behavior later in life if you have too many heavy metals. And this is our government found this. This isn't some, you know, wacko who's who's off living in a hut off the grid. Uh-huh. This is a congressman found this. There are people I know. Remember when, when I did uh, that um, baby food How to article? make your own baby food, which is a blog on our website, folks. This is, this is another reason. I know there are people that go out and they look for organic baby food. Mm-hmm. And sure, it's organic, but what it doesn't say is that it's full of heavy metals. Listen to this. Unbelievable. Listen to this. Compared to the levels allowed by the FDA in bottled water, the report claimed, the results were up to 91 times the arsenic level, up to 69 times the cadmium level, and up to 177 times the lead level. How does that stuff get in there? Well, that's a really good question. I'm just going to finish my little thing about where it is, Mm -hmm. what products, what brands it is. Mm -hmm. Walmart has Parents' Choice and Parents' Choice Organic, Sprout Organic Food. Campbell's Soup Company has Plum Organics. They've got it. Gerber, Beech Nut, Happy Baby. In fact, almost all of them, almost all of them, Christy, have these levels that are way higher than they allow in water, bottled water. This reminds me of the whole experience in Flint, Michigan, too. It does. So, so, th- but to your question, that's exactly what I wondered. I wondered, is it in the soil? If you, I mean, if it's in the soil and you know it's in there, and you know they know it's in there, they have researchers, I mean, mm-hmm. then why wouldn't they amend the soil or plant it somewhere else? Or is it in the process of cooking somehow? Mm. Anyway, that's what I'm going to research this coming week, Christy. I'm going to call all of these companies and Look I'm going to go. Well, impressive. I, I can't even believe this. That's shocking. Our babies. And one of the people from one of the companies said something like, well, it's okay if it's in moderation. <laughs> so now we have to moderate the amount of food we feed our four and five month old. And this is for uh, families that are so busy anyways mm-hmm. and already yeah. stressed because of mm-hmm. the pandemic. And they're already are buying organic thinking that is the best for their children. That is, it is pathetic. Oh. I'm so angry. I'm so that. glad that you brought this up because there might be people listening to this who, have no, who haven't heard this yet. So good for you, Edith. Please, That's everybody, great. make your own baby food. Next mm-hmm. week I will report what I find, but surely it, it's not in the ca- organic carrots you buy mm-hmm. at the store. Surely it isn't. We would, well, I'll find out, but yeah, make your own. That the only way to guarantee that your food is good and pure is to grow your own stuff, number one. And baby food is water and vegetables. That's all it is. Yeah. Good job, Edith. Anything else happening in your garden right now? Um, no. No. <laughs> not a darn thing. I saw a crocus start to come up yesterday when oh. it was 60. So let's see if it survives when it goes down into the 20s. I have some crocus. Are they up? Are they coming I don't up? know. I have, I have to look because I have to peel away some parts of the... The leaves and things like that. So I don't know. But usually they come up end of February, early March. And then when they do come up, I always say, dang, I wish I planted more. Yeah, me too. Me too. But that is kind of exciting. 
So yeah, that is, uh, so no, nothing really happening in my garden at all. Mm -mm. That we can see. That's right. Like you always say, it's resting. Things are happening under the ground. That's right. Well, folks, if you ever hear words or terms you're not familiar with, or you want a good laugh, check out the Upside Down Dictionary on our website. And if you want to see pictures of our gardens, inspirations, gardening jokes, where can people find all that stuff, Edith? On our website and Facebook page. And don't forget Pinterest. And we're back. You're listening to Ask Agnes, a helpful gardening show. Agnes takes the agony out of gardening. And it looks like we have a caller from Denver. Hello, caller. Hello. This is Lauren from Denver. One-time, last-time gardener, long-time listener, first-time caller. Hello, Lauren. One-time, last-time gardener? What do you mean by that? It means I am done. I can't garden anymore. Would you like to elaborate on that, Lauren? Last year, I bought seedlings at my local greenhouse, and I was so excited. It was my first time gardening, and, as it turns out, it will be my last. But why, dear Lauren? Why would you stop gardening after just one try? Because I did everything right and everything still died. I brought the seedlings home, planted them exactly according to directions. The right depth to plant it, the right amount of sun, the right distance away from other plants. I did it all right. And they died. One by one. Within a week, I felt like a serial killer. That's not a good feeling, by the way. Oh, my. So how much time did you give the seedlings between bringing them home from the nursery and planting them in the ground? Hardly any. I'm sure I broke several laws racing home to get those seedlings in the ground. Ah, that might have been your problem, Lauren. You see, you can't take them from greenhouse to the outside garden. They're just not ready. They need to be hardened off. Hardened off? I, I, I don't know what you mean. Let me put it this way. Going from the nursery to the garden would be like putting a baby and a piano on stage at Carnegie Hall and telling the baby to play Mozart. Carnegie, what? It would be like a Scandinavian person going from the cozy hot sauna to a hole in the icy lake and then not letting them go back into the sauna but staying in the icy cold lake. It would be like winning several card games at Old Maid Variety and then deciding you're ready to play high-stakes poker in Vegas. Ooh, that one was pricey. But, uh, we were talking about seedlings? Of course we were. I teach creative writing at a nearby community college, and the mind flies to analogies. Anyway, they have to sit on your porch for a while, bring them in at night, and that is what hardening off means. So please, Lauren, give gardening another try. You can call me anytime or reach out to the Upside Down Tulips podcast. Those ladies are happy to help too. Goodbye and good gardening. Bye. So today we're going to talk about From the Ground Up Part 2. Mm-hmm. We've so, done um, water, where to put the garden, how to prepare the soil. So there you have some, you have a prepared plot, right, of soil. So now what do you do? Now it's about mapping it all out and planning what you want to plant. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? Do you do you write it all out ahead of time? I do actually do. I do. I make a big diagram and I try to make it pretty. Because if I don't do that, I'll forget what I had there the year before. But if I write it out, I'll remember. You know, in my vegetable garden, the person who owned the house before me, she had a record of how she would rotate the crops for five years. 
on this little grid uh-huh. on paper. And she gave it to me when we bought the house, oh, which is nice. so nice. And so yeah. I've kept that tradition going. So every year in the vegetable garden, I show write the plan out and rotate things through. And I just had this vision of someday somebody's going to buy this house and I'm going to hand them this 30-year history of what has been rotated in that vegetable garden. Oh, that's great. Write it out. It doesn't have to be fancy. You could do it on a paper bag for crying out loud. Huh? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because if you don't plan it out, I think what happens, and this happens to me, what well, happens to me every year, so this is learn from our mistakes, folks, is that you'll go to the nursery or the seed store or you'll look at the seed catalog and you will... you. I mean, this is what happens to me. I go nuts. Yeah, you do go nuts. Yeah, you I do. buy way more than I need, and I have no place to put it. And then the poor seeds and plants are sad because they're kind of like put in some place. I have no real thought where, where they should go, uh-huh. and they're unhappy. Yeah. Yeah, because the another really, a really good reason to have a plan is know how much space you have, know how much space the plants take up. Such a good point. Because uh, I've made that mistake. My gosh, if you don't, at the end of the season, you'll find a pepper plant that ha- that you never even knew was there. <laughs> you know that happened mm-hmm. to my daughter. Oh, it find, did? oh yeah, everything she everything just gets so big, and then she would plant squash and spaghetti squash, and things would just the f- soil was great, so they just kept growing and growing. And some things need more room than others, so it's good yeah. to kind of think a little bit about. Um, especially I think, you know, like think about what you like to eat. Yes. If you have a neighbor that also gardens and you don't have a whole lot of land, this is what I do sometimes. Ask your neighbor if they're growing, what kind of squash they're growing. So if you don't both grow the same kind of squash, which take up so much room, you can share. Oh, that's great. You know, that saves so much space. And then here with both of us all growing all that spaghetti squash last year. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Year, so Which I still have five squash. in the garage. You have to take one with you. I will take one with me, actually. <laughs> I will. I've found some people to give it to, so I oh, will. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, so that we have to coordinate. You know what? We we need to coordinate our squash growing. Because, folks, yes. we just live a couple blocks away from each yeah. other. Well, you're not going to plant spaghetti squash. I'm not. I think I'm going to have to. I, I may. Th- I just think I have to. I may have some volunteer come up, though, because last year, one of my squat, my big producing squash plant was in the compost pile. I so I just that. may get I some no matter that. what. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know what else, Christy? We have to think about is what, if you want to make the absolute most use, then please plan your spring planting and then your summer planting. Mm, because in, right. So I don't know where you are, folks. I think you're all over the country and stuff. They are. In fact, Edith, side note, our, somebody in every state in the United States has listened to our podcast except for one state. What state? For some reason, I don't know why, but it's Nebraska. No kidding. Which is weird because we're Colorado-based, and you would think that somebody in Nebraska would be listening to our podcast. Well, they're our neighbors. Yes. Huh. Just slightly to the Interesting. east. Interesting. Yeah. Well, anyway, Christy, so here we basically have, we have spring planting in in Colorado, summer planting, and we are at only 5,000 feet. This is different. If you're up higher than 5,000 feet, then your frost comes sooner. Yes. Your season is shortened. But I want to read you this thing. For example, what if you're in South Carolina? Listen to this. This made me jealous, okay? In South Carolina, this is talking about a large kitchen garden. Mm -hmm. In the early spring, beginning in January, 
she plants white potatoes, garden peas, onions, broccoli, and spinach. January. January. My friends in Minnesota are laughing hysterically because they just, and look at all these people on the East Coast that yeah. just got like three feet of snow. that they're going to be. Then they have another season in late spring when she plants um, vegetables, including tomatoes, beans, and okra. Late summer to early fall is another season where she plants her winter garden, broccoli, collards, mustard, turnips, and onions. Wow. Look at that. That's impressive. That is so impressive. Well, I guess the lesson here, though, is to think that you that in, in many parts of the country, you don't have just one season. Mm-hmm. Now, when I used to live in Duluth, Minnesota, way up there in Zone 3, uh-huh. there was probably one season. Which was, was it a short season, June too? June to August. That's a short season. <laughs> wow. But there's ways to get around that, and we'll tell you how to, oh, yes, how to are. cheat the zones. So if you do have spring, like the very first thing that I plant, this is like my tradition, it's always on St. Patrick's Day, which is always on March the 17th. And I always do peas. Yes. Radishes. Um, sometimes I'll do beets. Kale. The do you do spinach? And spinach. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's right here, number one on my list. And I often plant, they say you should plant your carrots next to your radishes to mark where the carrots are because they're such slow growers. Oh, that's nice. And they're really slow, especially if you plant yeah. them early. And we have to remember this year when we plant carrots to mix it with sand. Do you remember somebody wrote in and told us yes. about that? I and for- put it in a salt shaker. Yes. Yes. We have to remember to do that. That's a good they're... little hack. I forget who sent that to us. So sorry, whoever that was. <laughs> and who and poppy seeds are also so tiny that you could also do that with poppy seeds. Oh, that's a good they're point. so, so tiny. So anyway, that's like the, the round one. So you have to remember that a lot of these things like radishes, you're going to be able to use that row again in the, in the summer. So can take that in consideration for your, for your planning. Succession planting. Succession planting. Lettuce. Anything you can eat in a salad bowl pretty much is Well, that's a great spring. way of thinking about it. Isn't that true, though? In your spring Your planting. salad bowl planting. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and also for flowers, that's when you can be planting pansies. Do you still have pan- pansies out there that I, are alive? I do. They're not very happy, yeah. but they're green and have teeny tiny little pathetic flowers. Are they going to make it through the whole Ooh, winter? They might. We'll find out. What about your rosemary? Mine is still alive. Mine's still alive. Okay, good. I think. I think mine is too. It's not happy either, but it's alive out there. Okay, so that is... um. That is your what what you uh, direct. So you know there are things that it doesn't make any sense to 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 make seedlings out of because they don't like to be moved. That's such a good point, right? Yeah, and one of the, I, if I can throw in about flowers also that when you're planning your garden and you want to figure out how much time you want to spend in your garden and what kind of flowers that you like, if you want flowers. That, are, that will bloom all summer, then you should plant annuals. These are flowers that need to be replanted every spring. Or if you want to have flowers that will rebloom every year, then you want to plant perennials. But the bloom is shorter on them. What I recommend, of course, is to do a nice mixture. Mm-hmm. Have some perennials and have some annuals. So you always have a nice little, you always have blooms going on and as much as you're considering planning for your vegetable garden about succession planning Mm -hmm. like when the carrots are done I'm going to plant this and when the broccoli Mm -hmm. is done I'm going to plant peppers 
think about when this flower is done blooming, I want to plant this next to it. So that when when your irises are done blooming, then you'll have tulips that'll take their place. And when the tulips are done, you can have a nice perennial like uh, Jupiter's beard. And then when the Jupiter's beard is done, then maybe your yarrow is blooming. And then chrysanthemums are the fall bloomers. Yes, And they're so beautiful in every color, practically in the rainbow. Beautiful, beautiful. And don't forget native plants when you're planting your oh, garden yeah. too. Because mm -hmm. I think native plants are more environmentally sensitive to your area. They won't need as much water because they're already acclimated to the area mm -hmm. and they won't need as much fertilizing and they won't need as much care. So when you're thinking about how much time do I want to spend in the garden, of course for me right now, it's I love it because it's my, it's my therapist and my mental health, but when I get busy and I don't have time yeah, and you want your garden to be a little bit more maintenance-free as you're planning it, think about how much time do you want to spend in it and Think about how high maintenance the vegetables or the flowers are. That's a good point. That's great. Now, can I ask you one other thing about planting before we move on to yes. seeds or seedlings? Have you heard that there are some apps that you can get to plan your garden? No. I'm sure there are, but no, I've not There's heard of them. There's a lot of them, and I've often wondered. I've never used one before. There's one at the Farmer's Almanac that looked pretty good, but they all cost money, and a lot of them will have a subscription plan. And I just, if anybody out there has, uses an app to plan their garden, I'd be interested in it. I would too. And I, and I want to put out that the absolute best, um, information is free and it's on the back of a seed packet. Yeah. You buy the seeds of the things you want to plant, study the back of that seed packet and. That's really, true. You don't have to be fancy. You don't have to be fancy. If I you am want so to, not you can fancy. be. Yeah. But I was thinking about some of these apps are kind of cool that they give you warnings like there's going to be a frost in your area. That That's pretty Wouldn't cool. that be interesting? Well, you know, they sure, keep track yeah. of what you've done. Yeah. I don't know. I it, still get the papers, so I still, uh, you know, get these weather warnings. I, I love the weather. I don't get yeah. the weather channel. Thank goodness or I'd be on it all day. <laughs> okay. And we're back. You're listening to Ask Agnes, a helpful gardening show. Agnes takes the agony out of gardening. And it looks like we have a caller from Denver. Hello, caller. Hi, Agnes. This is Diane, recent listener, first-time caller, first-time gardener, who is a failure. A failure? Oh, Diane, sweetie, what do you mean by that? I had my very first garden last summer. I planted my favorites. Turnips, carrots, rutabagas. Oh, interesting. All root vegetables. Don't all plants have roots? Oh, good one, dear Diane. No, actually all plants do not have roots. Non-vascular plants do not have true roots, stems, and leaves. These include mosses, liverworts, hornworts, etc. <laughs> that sounds like a cheap ripoff of a Harry Potter movie. Oh, good description, clever Diane. I too love similes. And what is a vascular system, you wonder? No, no. I was wondering why the turnips, carrots, and rutabagas that I tried to grow were so gnarled and tiny. Gnarled and tiny. It sounds like Tinkerbell gone bad. Or like Tom Cruise in 30 years. Or like Mick Jagger now. Have I answered your question? No, not even a little. Turnips, rutabagas, rutabagas and carrots. Mm -hmm. Right, sorry. I teach creative writing at a nearby community college, and as I said, I so love similes. 
So how did you prepare the soil? Prepare? What? Prepare? It's, it's just soil and seeds. You put the seeds in the soil. What's to prepare? The soil has to be loosened and the rocks taken out of it. If the ground is too hard, the roots can't grow very far down and they end up tiny and gnarled. Tiny and gnarled, like if a gargoyle and a goblin had a baby. Please stop. This is getting disturbing. Don't give up, dear. Keep at it. Don't fold like a big bag of wet bread. Don't cave like a boozy divorcee at a sleazy bar. Don't... Okay, okay, stop. Come spring, I'll try again. Another garden saved. Thank you, Diane. And thank you, all my gardening listeners out there. Till next time, bye-bye. Okay, so here's where the gardener is at. Found the perfect location Mm -hmm. and has amended the soil. Yes, has started a compost. Started a compost, hopefully, yes. Uh Uh-huh. And has made a plan of some sort. Yes. And now you're looking at your garden, flowers and vegetables, and you need to decide, do you want to plant seeds or do you want to get seedlings? Yes. Both have their merits. Mm Mm-hmm. Some things uh, you can't hardly get as a seedling because they're so ridiculously easy to plant as. Like, I I don't see pea seedlings. Oh, can I tell you? I've seen them. Have you? I have. Don't buy a pea seedling. They're so, so easy. Peas are one of those things that sometimes it helps to, if you inoculate them, if you moist. And inoculation means... I don't even know what it means. I just know you should do it. You if, you you stick a needle in it yes, with some vaccine. Yes, vaccinate your peas. Um, or or if you put it in water for a day for twenty four Mo- hours. Yes, that's what you do with morning glories as well. You could you could stick it in a little bowl with water, or you could put it between two moist paper towels. Mm-hmm. And I just want to call out that yes, I did say the word moist because mm-hmm. I don't want to say clammy paper towel, no, Edith. No, we don't. That was a very good choice of words. A moist Christy. paper towel. And I've done it too where I've actually put it in a little bowl and oh, for 24 hours and put it in the refrigerator. You know, there's no way peas won't grow. I planted some last November. I bet you they're going to come up. I never inoculate. I never wet them. Not peas, I don't. And I've they, had peas not grow. I'm going to say this. Oh, I've never not had them. And I think really? it's because they got, I put them in and they, they've they got too moist. They got too. <gasps> they rotted. They rotted. They rotted. Okay, they you will know, you put them that. in. You put them in on, on St. Patrick's Day and then what happens when we get three feet of snow, they're happy, but all that moisture goes mm-hmm. in there and they have, yeah. And then you just have to replant them. I just planted all. them again because a, yeah. a packet of pea seeds is, is $1.99. And from that packet, you know, you can make your own seeds for the rest of your life. Yeah, it's just that's true. A pot of a pot of peas, dry them out. Now you got seeds. Do you know the seeds I love to grow are the sugar snap peas? Oh, they're good. They're wonderful because those yeah. are the ones that never make it into the house. Because sugar snap peas are the gardener's treat, in my opinion. They're they're like candy. You're out in the garden. Yep. There's a sugar snap pea, and that's that's my treat. Yeah. Like a cherry tomato, the first cherry tomato. Yeah, does first, not make yeah, it to the kitchen. Yeah. Nope. Nor do the first maybe 20 or 30. Actually. However, can I tell you this? So here's the thing. Yeah. Is that, yes, a pea is very easy, cheap and easy to grow. But if you're nervous, if you're if you're a gardener and you're nervous and you see a pea seedling out there and it makes your life easy, easier, then you can get a seedling. Of course you can yeah. do that. I would recommend to do it both ways. Mm-hmm. And, and prove to yourself that you can grow it from seed to... I 
I've done that before. Eat it. That is so smart of you because I've done that with cucumbers. That's, I have to. I really, really, really want cucumbers. I don't want them to be late for insurance. I will buy a seedling. Yes. I do that too. <laughs> yes. Let's, let's continue with other things that you want to seed, not seedling. For example, radishes. Yes. Uh, you can buy, I've seen seedlings for lettuce. Yes. I have, but I don't do that. I, I put buy lettuce seeds so. are so easy. Kale is easy. Beets yes. are easy. Yes. Onions, of course, you buy the bulb. Corn. Corn is so easy. I don't, yeah. And I've seen corn yeah. seedlings so at the I. nursery. So have I. And the owner of the nursery actually said to me, I cannot believe people are buying these. <laughs> They're so <laughs> making easy. so much money. Yeah, when I worked at the greenhouse, you know, we'd be in the mm-hmm. back and I planted all of the uh, the corn seeds in, in the seedling packets and, you know, come in to work two weeks later and they're up. We know the yeah. conditions in a greenhouse. They want to grow. They want to grow so badly. Yeah. Yeah. So if you can, if you want corn, buy the seed. Yeah, definitely buy the seed. Also pumpkins, squash. Mm-hmm. Those, I think, I've done mm-hmm. this. I've got, I have, I have bought some insurance squash seedlings before though. Yeah. Well, and for insurance. Because I wanted a sure. variety and I thought it was, yeah. yeah. You just really, But squash comes up really the easily. The season here is not long enough. To, like in South Carolina, you can mess up and keep planting, but you can't here. That's true. And if you're We're north zone 5B. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't. You, you want to make sure. For flowers yeah. that are really easy to grow by seed, well, first of all, it's a sunflower. Yes. Very easy to grow by seed. Mm-hmm. Mine start coming up in April. They, uh, you can beat them with a stick and they'll still come up. Yeah. <laughs> they, just, they just come up. Um, they'll remind me in April when mine come up, I'll tell people the trick on how to transplant a sunflowers. Really? They're very hard to do, but I have a trick. Oh, okay. That's a little tease for the future. Uh, marigold seeds, of course, are so easy to do. Yeah. And zinnias. Zinnias like to be planted. They do okay, um... To be planted at the mm-hmm. seedling or mm-hmm. to buy a plant. They do okay, but they really like to just be right in the ground. Poppies are another one. These are plants that don't like to be transplanted. Yeah, some of them, the roots don't make it well. Hollyhocks do not like to be transplanted. They have a long tap root. Oh, it's the long tap root business. They don't like course. it. Yeah. So yeah. Those, are, those are ones yeah. that I would just, just buy seeds for. Mm-hmm. Um, what about ones that you would get a seedling for? What plants would you get seedlings I, for? I get seedlings for like, if I have never planted something, like the first year I planted the red curry squash, that's K-U-R-I, it's a mm-hmm. Japanese squash, beautiful ruby red. I bought that as a seedling because I, I, I'd i never had it before. I, and you and don't I, want to buy a whole packet of all those seeds. Well, I didn't know. Yeah. I, I didn't know. I wasn't sure if they'd come up. So mm-hmm. I thought just to be sure... And then I can make my own seeds from that. Mm-hmm. So you don't really lose by buying a seedling either. If it's an heirloom, you're going to have seeds. Yes, that's true. Yeah. I um, traditionally buy broccoli seedlings, but I know you grow broccoli from seed, right? Well, yes, but it didn't work out last year. Last year for the first oh. time I did, but I think I waited too long. Mm, yes, right. You got to do that in the spring. You have to do it in the spring. Well, I'm going. my experiment with broccoli is I'm going to winter sow it. In my milk jugs, and for folks, if you want to know about winter sowing, check out episode 25. Great episode. Take out your jugs and learn how to winter sow, which is a way of outdoor seed starting. Mm -hmm. 
but I'm also planning, I bet I'm going to, might need to, it's an experiment. So we'll see what happens. And if it doesn't work, I'm, I'm going to buy seedlings. And I buy cauliflower seedlings. I do too. I buy cabbage seedlings. Me too. And peppers. I do, do, I do that too. Although last year I did have a, I did grow a couple from seed and it worked. It's just, it, you know, it also depends on how big your house is, how much time you have. Yeah. Seedlings are a lot of work. You take them in at night, you put them out, in, out, water yeah. every day. Light, 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 light. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm, yeah. Uh, and the big kahuna of plants that we buy. Tomatoes. Tomatoes. There's no harm in that. No. You can get a little tomato plant. You can, I usually get like a medium size, like maybe the pot is maybe about five or six inch pot. Uh-huh. And um, and there's no harm in buying them. I did it both ways last year. Or have a really good friend. We have a good friend down the street who uh-huh. grows them for us too. Yes. <laughs> but Christy, for the first time, I grew my own seedlings, tomato seedlings last year. Oh, that's right. And then I bought some for insurance. Yes. And it got to the point where mine were as good as the seedlings. They both got mm. as big as productive. That's I've seen that true with our good friend Melanie who gives us seedlings and then yes. I'll buy some for insurance or mm-hmm. I buy a couple of varieties that she doesn't grow. Yep. And um hers will catch up really quick with the ones that were grown in the nursery. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like if you if if I, mine are smaller when I grew them myself than the ones but they do catch up because once it gets hot here it just gets hot and everything just explodes. Such a good point. And don't forget, if you plant it out too early, you feel it's too early, you can get those wall of water things. There's oh, ways. Oh, yes. I don't have any of those. I can give you a buttload. I have a lot of them. I'll give you some. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that would be nice. Because that way you extend your growing season. Now, next week, we're going to talk about how to start seeds mm-hmm. earlier these would be um, like under grow lights inside. We'll also maybe touch base to see how my milk jugs are doing for how mm-hmm. to start seeds. But there's no harm in going to your local nursery and checking out their seedlings too. Right. Absolutely. And and I don't have grow lights, so I'm always going to grow not fancy. Mm. You know? And we'll talk about that. What can you do if you Seed don't have Seed starting. The, yep. That's what we'll talk about. You don't need all that equipment. You don't. But if you do, it's kind of nice. It is nice. But you can also support your local nursery. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Though with 20 million more g- gardeners this year, make a plan to go to your nursery early. And get to know who works there. Yeah, go early because They're seed- going to be gone. My gosh, seed catalogs, they're already out of seeds. Yeah. A lot of stuff 20 million gone. more people. Yeah. <laughs> so get out there early. And they're so helpful. When you go to a smaller nursery rather than like a big box store, they know what they're doing. And they will help you. Hey. We're back. Hello. Sorry, I zoned out for a second. (laughs) You zoned out at the worst possible time. Oh, my gosh. Because you know why, Edith? Why? It's mailbag. Ring, ring. (laughs) Of course you get zoned out at mailbag time. We have, um, last week we didn't have any letters. This week we have two. Very exciting. You want to read yours first? Yes. This is Deb from Spokane, Washington. She says, hi, thank you for the info about starting seeds in milk jugs. I'm not much interested in podcasts, but I was curious having lived in Spokane, Washington for the last 15 years and failed miserably at gardening. Hmm. This may be the trick I need to finally get seeds going. I'll let you know. Good luck, Deb. Which I love that. Oh, I love that too. Because all 
Our experience comes from failure. That's right. And I know they get a lot of rain, but they don't get as much sun as we do. So that's a whole... The, I know she can make it work, and I think winter sewing is a, a great way to start. I hope, let us know how it goes, Deb. Yeah, I can't do. wait till you have your little seedlings pop up in March and April. Exciting! Yay! Well, we had another letter from Uta in Virginia, and she also, you know, she said nice things. Thank for the podcast, and then she also sent us information in the form of an article in the Washington Post about roots. I kind of have distilled it. Can I read it a little bit here? Okay. Root systems allow plants to gather the water and minerals they use to grow. As the root system grows, it creates more and more pathways that allow water to get into the deep subsoil and fostering the growth of microbes that benefit other life. Strong root systems can prevent erosion, protecting the land on which they grow, and the structures allow the soil to capture carbon. Hmm. Do you know what I took from this, Christy? What? It is better for the planet to grow weeds than to grow nothing. <laughs> right? Oh, I love it. Because they collect carbon. Yeah. And they're creating something, even if, you know, we call it a weed. It's just something that doesn't need tending, really. It's kind of an arbitrary. And in that article, it linked to that man and his nonprofit in Austria where they were drawing the roots beautiful we we roots are amazing we're just finding out about tree roots and mm-hmm. how they literally communicate and help if there's a sick tree they it's amazing and i have to read more about it that's how that's how why we don't know what's happening right now in our gardens in february something's happening that's it's right. happening underground it's all underground yeah well thank you so much it was so exciting to get letters and to share information it's just the, exactly the community that Christy and I wanted to start when we started this whole podcast. And so please keep writing to us and send us your favorite gardening stories, your successes, your flops, your plans for this year's garden. Because we do love hearing from you. We mean it. Are you a seed planter? Are you a seedling planter? Let us know. Write to us at UpsideDownTulips at Gmail or at our website at UpsideDownTulips.com. You know what it's time for now, Christy? What, Edith? Please inspire me. Well, you know how I will always give a quote by some famous botanist or maybe a horticulturalist? Yes, I do know that. This week, I have a quote from Professor John Robert Stockton, who is a professor emeritus of business statistics. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) He says... February is merely as long as is needed to pass the time until March. (laughs) That's very zen. It's not very business-like. That's pretty cool. That's why it's only 28 days. So we can just get to March. And get there with us, folks. Please keep listening. We thank you so much for listening to this podcast and um, taking this journey with us. We are Edith Weiss and Christy Montour Larson. If you enjoy Upside Down Tulips, you could rate, subscribe, and tell a friend or more than one friend. Special thanks to Denise Gentilini for composing and performing the Upside Down Tulips theme song. If you would like to hear more of Denise's music, go to denisegentilini.com or you can find that link on our website. Don't forget, if you make a mistake, 
your garden will forgive you. Upside down to